Hello? Hey. Hello? What's happening? Whoa, you got something real bright behind you today. Oh yeah, that's the light coming off the mirror. Is that a new mirror? Uh, no, you've seen it. Okay. It's golden. Okay. It's... He might not have seen it. He might not have? No, the guy's seen it. He loves it. It's, I'll just say it's, <laughs> Hillary, Hillary, did you hear Hillary? I did hear Hillary. It's extremely bright. <laughs> well, that's just because I had to turn on the light because otherwise it's pitch black in here. So okay. pick, pick right. your poison. Okay. Sure. No, no. This is... <laughs> pick your poison and hurry up about it. This is good. I like to be <laughs> squinting through these usually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how was Prospect Park last night? Um, it was, it wasn't Prospect Park, it was, uh, the, the Botanic Gardens. Oh, okay. It, it was like, uh, remember how the, the, maybe you had left Albuquerque by, by this point, but you know how the, the zoo does, uh, the River of Lights? Yeah, I know about it. The Rio, Rio of Lights? Uh-huh. Um, well, this was sort of the Botanic Garden equivalent. Okay, and um, breathtaking. My, my question stands. How was it? <laughs> breathtaking. Uh, highly recommended. I do not recommend the the hot chocolate that I got, which was absolutely the worst hot chocolate I've ever had. I, I Hillary said she thought it might have been banana infused. It was not like no other hot chocolate I've ever had. Banana infused hot chocolate. Yeah, something because it did not taste like chocolate to me. It tasted like a sour yuck yeah that sounds like a, a sour yuck yeah um how was your your night i don't want to make it all about me <laughs> it was fine um <laughs> okay uh, why don't we get down to business here sure um folks you had better welcome back to maybe next time I am your host, William, but with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Next nation, if you don't have COVID, get with the program! <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation! And Simon, as we do each and every unrelenting week, we have a action-packed fun-filled show for all our listeners although we do not have a segment that is specifically fun oriented uh-huh. uh which is disappointing yeah yeah but i think what that what what that just means that we'll probably try to integrate in some small way fun into each segment even if it's if it's overall thematic content isn't fun specifically right that, that's right Okay, I think before we get started here, Simon, it behooves us to give a big Nets Nation welcome to the newest Nets, Langston Galloway, James Enos, Winyan Gabriel, <laughs> and Shaq Harrison. Yes, I've heard of Shaq Harrison and Langston Galloway. And James Enos. 
potentially. R- refresh my memory on James Enos. He was kind of good on the Spurs like four or five years ago, and they had an opportunity to resign him, and they didn't. And then some other team, like the Magic or someone like that, gave him a kind of big contract. And, I mean, the fact that we just picked him up tells you how that went. Right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. He washed out of the league relatively quickly. I think Winyan Gabriel's kind of fun too. Okay. Uh, I think he might be a big, but I don't. I'm not positive about that. Right. I now know almost nothing about the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> right. At I'm this at dark, this yeah. point, um, at this point, Dayron Sharp is like a seasoned veteran <laughs> that we've been right. living with for decades. I can break down Sharp's game for you. Sure, but, sure. But after that, um, I'm kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Anyway, lots of new faces. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really, truly an absurd time to be rooting for this team. Yes. Um, we have, over the years, rooted for a number of uh, imminently forgettable players. But over the next 10-day period, I think we may root for more people who wash out of the league even more quickly than your than your Quincy AC types. Right. Mm-hmm. They at least had a full season. Uh, we now basically are exclusively composed of 10-day contract guys. Okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thank you for agreeing with me on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to read. Honestly, I'm trying to read up. On I I, I, can, exact... I can tell you're definitely trying to do something else. No, I'm sorry. I'm trying desperately so that I can give our 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 listeners the most accurate info possible. I'm trying to read up on the the Kyrie situation, yeah. which is increasingly complicated. It seems to, to me anyway. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's totally fine. There's um there's really nothing better for a, you know a a rapport based podcast than for one person <laughs> to literally just be talking to themselves while another is obviously reading. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. That is so right. Oh boy, 10 days, huh? 10 days. Yeah, we got Nets fever. <laughs> All right. Well, Simon, let's not let's not deny I had a whole bunch of I had a whole bunch of, you know, icebreakers for you. I I had a stat station. And of course, the more prep work I do, the more certain it is that Kyrie Irving is going to (laughs) come stampeding back into the limelight. Uh, and that is exactly what he has done. I think we can both very officially say that Kyrie Irving is sort of back. <laughs> He's sort of back. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So Kyrie Irving, you know, news drops. When was this today? Yesterday? Yesterday. In the last 24 hours. Woj and Shams, I don't know who got it first, but my God, is that a riveting competition. (laughs) One of those two esteemed journalists dropped that Kyrie Irving was going to be coming back to the Brooklyn Nets uh, just for road games. Yes. Uh, I think I read that in the 
if he can come back by Christmas, that he would get to play in 20 of the remaining 54 games. So already less than half of the games that we have left. Um, now that has been further complicated by the fact that he now is in health and safety protocols, which I think, uh, if I'm not totally mistaken, Simon is reading up on as we speak, <laughs> or sorry, I shouldn't say as we speak, as I speak, as William speaks, <laughs> I read speaking and reading on your net. <laughs> This is the podcast where one person reads and another <laughs> tries desperately to form some <laughs> modicum of human connection. William, people come to our podcast to hear me read. <laughs> not for our, not for our uh, inimitable chemistry. Nope. But uh, for, for my ability to get through a sea of um, pop-up ads on, on daily news the New York Daily News' website to try to gleam some info here. Okay. So, Simon, Kyrie is the topic du jour, obviously. Yes. Uh, there are a few places to start. Why don't we start with this one? Headline of the week <laughs> from Brian Lewis. Brian Lewis? Is that now all of a sudden I'm distrusting that yeah, that's his Brian name? Lewis. Yeah, it's yeah. Brian Lewis. Okay. Not friend of the show, though we have reached out to him in the past. That's right. Enemy, if anything. Uh, yes, know. enemy of the not frenemy, straight up enemy of the show, Brian Lewis. You can tell him we said that. Uh, Simon is a blue check mark. Don't at me. Headline of the week. Inside the conversations and circumstances that fueled the Nets reunion with Kyrie Irving. Now, to me, Simon, and I think to a lot of our listeners, that's clickbait, right? That is clickbait. I Absolutely. have got to know what the inside scoop on these conversations hit, and circumstances are. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Baby. So, being the clickbait that it is, guess what I did? I clicked. clicked on it. I clicked on it. To which I was greeted with about, I don't know, maybe 75 words of free text before I was implored to you know subscribe to the new york post a absolutely revolting um paper and possibly even more difficult to read and get get through with the click ads yes yes if you're actually and... on its website it's almost impossible you would just beg for like a a notepad transcription of whatever the text was to uh, spare yourself the distractions. And then after that, like you know, I had about maybe 15 seconds where I got, you know, the 75 words of free text before it encouraged me to do it. And then just this giant blinking red ad came on that said, if I wanted to continue on this website, I had to subscribe. Right. And as, as the text on the, as those beautiful 75 words fade to black, Exactly. So I have no idea. You know, I was <laughs> I was completely disoriented. Long story short, I have no idea what the inside conversations and circumstances are. That's probably why you're so desperately reading right now to try to figure out piece together what these conversations well, were. I was looking for the Nets Daily ripoff article. Maybe Nets Daily can't afford the subscription either because I didn't even <laughs> I didn't see that article. <laughs> well, so. So William, can I try to can can I, as as our as our podcast resident scoop hound as as our podcast reader? Yes. Um can I tell you that that what I read from 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 Nets Daily and what I could parse from um 
sham story earlier in the week sort of foreshadowing this here. Um, it seems to me that, uh, well, first of all, Nets Daily reports from a Nets source or something uh, that um, Kevin Durant and James Harden were pushing hard for Kyrie to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that is not surprising, especially the way that that sham story was written where it was like, uh, it's unclear if Kyrie was going to, you know, get vaccinated. That is code for he's definitely not. Right. Uh, and then like, but you know, there's lots of momentum, uh, amongst players and coaches. Okay. Uh, read not the organization. Um, so that is clearly coming from players. Um, and I'm sure Steve Nash, you know, we, at this point, he's happy to, to have a Kyrie out there, even if he causes him a headache or two. You mean like um, right now, like specifically right now when there are zero players out exactly, there? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but William, if you don't mind, would you mind indulging me? And you, you can say no, William. I, I know, I know this is a two-way street, and I know I haven't held up my end of the bargain. Right. If if you'll permit me to kind of break down how I think this went down in the form of a um, sketch uh, and and a sort of um, analogy. A sketch and an analogy. <laughs> or is it an analogy within a sketch? It's an analogy within a sketch, I think. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. If it were any other order, though, if it were a sketch and an analogy, I might I might uh, take my first right of refusal and say no on this one. <laughs> William, please feel free to read something while I go through this, okay? You've earned it, and it might suit you best. Okay. Um. Okay, I picture this sort of this whole scenario as kind of like just imagine KD is a guy who just got out of a toxic relationship, okay? okay. He just broke up with Kyrie Irving. And the Nets organization is like, you know, it's just better for you. You you were so unhappy around him. He was such a toxic guy, and I really think you're going to be okay and and better off in the long run without him. So he says, "Fine. Kick him out of the team until he gets vaccinated." And he's got his little rebound, uh, James Harden. Mm. So he and James Harden are now together, and it's okay. You know, James Harden is nice, and he's he's vaccinated, and he defers to Kevin Durant completely. Uh, But there's just not the spark. You know, there's not Mm. the the hot chemistry between the two that that Kyrie and and KD had. And, you know, and, and... uh, uh, Harden is, you know, constantly has to be picked up off the floor about, you know, you know, is my weight okay? Do I look okay? Am I too fat? Am I shooting okay? What's wrong with me? And you know, Hart, uh, KD's constantly having to just build up his self esteem, and that's exhausting. We all, we all been through that. Mm-hmm. So then one day, KD's walking around and he sees. Kyrie, okay, his and he noted, whoa, oh boy, my heart just skipped a beat. What, yeah. what, you know, what was that? That was interesting. There's still, right. still a spark there. Uh-oh. Is he with another guy? Exactly. And Kyrie looks so happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and Katie has seen seen Kyrie as we all have unhappy, so he knows he <laughs> can't fake it. Um, and he starts to think, boy, am I the reason why Kyrie was so unhappy? Because he's so happy without me. And, you know, they get to talking. He starts talking about James Harden and, uh, you know, Katie's, you know, eyes sort of start to hit the, you know, 
floor a little bit. He can't really look at Kyrie in the ice like, you know, James is good. He's good. We're good. We're really good. You know, we're good. Working on some things, but we're good. <laughs> and K- and Kyrie, they leave finally. This is the end of the sketch, I promise. Kyrie says to KD, hey, give me a call sometime. It'd be great to catch up. Ooh. And KD's feeling in that moment is like, whoa, that is missing from my relationship from James Harden. I just do not get the same excitement, the same compulsion from from my relationship with James Harden. I, I need that excitement in my life. Wow. Uh, a fascinating scene. <laughs> Thank you. Fascinating Thank you, scene. First of all, for listening to it, William. No problem. Yeah, I try to be an active listener in these things. <laughs> uh, difficult for me. I'm not a good listener in general. Uh, just to go along with this this scene you've created a little bit. Yeah. Do you feel like... So there's a Joe Psy quote out there, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just read it to you. It says, he said, my only religion is to win games and win the championship. That's where we are. To me, Simon, that sounds a bit like Joe Sy, Sean Marks, etc. They're sort of the friends of the person who just broke up with, with someone, right? And they all go out and they all talk about how awful the person was yes, that they broke yes. up with. Yes. And then like a month later, they get back together and everything has to be forgotten that was said. Right. Joe Sai. Oh, yeah. You know, I've I've always loved K- Kyrie. I'm just my religion's championships. Just like just like KD. Uh, but they're basically having to try to pretend like they all didn't collectively shit on Kyrie two months ago. <laughs> right. Right. And they're just, you know, oh, yeah, no, I, I didn't mean that. Of course uh, not. No, no, you guys are great together. <laughs> 20 of the last 54 games. You guys are going to be great together. Wait, oh, man, it was going to be 20 before protocols. I was reading something. In a dream scenario, he plays 20 games. So what also brought up uh, on uh, on Twitter, if, and I, I mean, at this point, this seems almost laughable, but if we end up playing the Warriors in the finals, Kyrie will be available for zero of those games. <laughs> Here's another more short-term scenario that uh, Greg Logan, Newsday reporter, uh, laid out. Because Kyrie is now in protocols, which I'm not sure that we've actually said on this podcast, although I'm sure everyone is aware of that who's listening. It's been inferred, if nothing else. Yeah. yeah um, he, If it takes him 10 days to get out of it, um, which it likely will unless he posts, I think it's two cons- – what I was reading about William seems to indicate that if he if he's able to do two um, negative in 48 hours yeah. within 48 hours, he can get out. But assuming that doesn't happen and he has to wait the 10 days and assuming that he's not like actually sick because they don't just like – if you're like – hacking and you know on a ventilator they're not like well it's 10 days get off the vent no right um, and i mean with with most of these guys you're like okay whatever but with Kyrie, there's a very because of his um being a voice for the voiceless yeah uh he is at a much higher higher level of risk yeah right so but let's just say it's 10 days let's okay. say he's out in 10 days greg logan broke down the schedule and found that he is eligible to play in two of the next 15 games <laughs> Because it puts him right at the end of a three-game uh, road trip mm-hmm. and right at the beginning of, like, a six out of nine um, 
road game. Home home, stand. home game. I'm sorry. Home, home stand. Game. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Simon, are you excited about his return? You know, honestly, William, with all of this said and with all of the turmoil that Kyrie brings and all of the tumult of basically having two different teams that you're playing with, honestly, at this point, I am a and, – and like you just laid out, who knows what the fuck's going to happen in the playoffs. Um, I am kind of excited, honestly. A little bit excited because I just – I – I really do believe that there's a pretty hard ceiling on what the James Harden, Kevin Durant um, nets can be. And this, you know, maybe shot in the dark, unlikely, I know, but maybe him playing, Kyrie playing, gets him interested in just like, you know, I'm really having fun here. I mean, fat chance of that, right? Mm-hmm. He loves basketball. Um and he loves the endless stream of questions that are going to come his way uh, as a result of playing basketball. Right. Um, two times in the next 15 games. Two, he's going to have to have two two miserable press conferences, maybe. <laughs> um, but I just think it's like it would be interesting to see those three players out there, you know? And it's especially interesting to me, given that James Harden has not been that great, to like see, okay, if you can have three stars and maybe two all-stars and a potential MVP – is enough and maybe that maybe that's like uh you know maybe we get some of that buzz that we had during that celtics playoff series where really we looked indestructible so that's my only reason why i'm slightly excited but i share everyone's trepidation and fear and like the fact that this immediately has that the whole the whole stated reason for this that 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 uh, sean marks gave which i think was a total smokescreen anyway i mean it's a convenient thing to say was like, oh, we need him back because we need healthy bodies in here. Mm-hmm. Um, was immediately uh, right. I mean, that, that's the most obvious short-sighted thing. Like, hey, everyone's getting COVID. You know, the only solution to that: bringing a guy <laughs> who's refusing to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, luckily, we don't have to like we don't have the um, ticker going for like when he's going to get it. It just happened instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Like we, there's no suspense. Like, okay, is his second game on the road where he actually gets to play? Is this going to be the one where he tests positive? It just happens instantaneously, right? Oh, and also, folks, again, I'm sure you're aware of this, but KD is also in health and safety protocols as of today, right? And Nick Claxton is likely on the shelf for a while with a, with a dinged up wrist. <laughs> God, that son of a bitch! Yes. So that truly means there's a good chance Kessler Edwards is in the starting five tonight. Mm-hmm. And a good chance Kessler Edwards is the best player in the starting five tonight. Well, I think I believe Patty Mills is, oh, is okay. going to play. Okay. Uh, but yes, I mean, barring that Kessler, I mean, sign me up. So two other things, you know, I don't like to dwell in Kyrie land for longer than we have to, but there's just no getting around it. This is the, the most interesting thing happening with this team. We purport to be a podcast that cares about this team. We must talk Kyrie Irving, obviously the two other things I want to get into one. What are some of your concerns? Mm-hmm. And two, I want to, I want to get a little bit back into trade talk. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So what 
what are before we go there? Because I I could see an angle where the trade thing is still on the table. So, but oh, yeah. first, what are what are the concerns here? My concerns, William, are that it would seem to be difficult for um, Steve Nash or really any coach to construct a any to, to create any kind of cohesion and uh, continuity with a team that looks totally different when they're on the road than when they play at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seems like that and, and like really different because you're talking about a guy who's gonna play, I mean again, we'll see, but eventually just you have to kind of assume, I understand he could get hurt. He could be in protocols forever, all those things. Let's just assume for the sake of talking about this that, like, he does get up to speed at some point. When he does, that's like 30 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. At, like, all... at, like, over 20% usage rate. Minimum. Right. Minimum. Right. And so that totally changes the way James Harden has to play. I don't really worry about KD, how that changes how KD plays, really. No, um, he's but... fine. He'll still be the best player in the game. <laughs> right. I think he just... As what was uh, Chris Vernon said like a year or so ago, like about how you integrate him, it's just like throw him the ball. Right, um, right. So, so like, yeah, I'm not worried about him. I am worried about James Harden. I'm worried about, you know, other players who are like going from one night playing 20 minutes to like, you know, um, Cam, Cam Thomas or something, playing 20 minutes one night, playing no minutes the next night, uh, you know, on and on and on. There, there's issues with that then there's like any sort of resentment it does i totally believe that kd especially and i'm sure james harden as well really want kd uh kyrie back and are totally fine with him you know being like you know not having to play some, you know having some some level of like okay well he he doesn't have to be vaccinated we did have to be vaccinated who cares we want to win but like for your other players who are like, yeah, I really didn't want to get vaccinated too, but I'm not going to make $16 million this year. Um, so I had to do that and all the other, you know, star treatment shit that, that Kyrie will, will bring on this, not doing press conferences. Or not- doing press conferences and then detailing the players on the team who shouldn't be on the team anymore. <laughs> right, right. All, all of those, all of those issues He's like Langston's got to stay, but uh, but Wenyan Gabriel's got to go. Sorry. <laughs> right when I'm worried for Wenyan, I'm worried those two aren't going to mesh. <laughs> right. What's his uh, on court chemistry with Shaq Harrison? Can they play him at the same time? <laughs> or are their skills too duplicative? Exactly. Exactly. Um, like oil and water, those two. Um, so, so yeah, those are, those are, those are my concerns. And also just like, I do, even though I just said, you know, it gives me a little bit of hope that that we can raise the ceiling on this team. Like how much help is it going to be? It might not be very much help at all. Like I just said, two out of 15 games, he's maybe eligible for. We've talked about how Kyrie doesn't always make the team better. So, you know, it's, it's really up in the air. 
Uh, agree completely, Simon. And uh, I think if we if we really put our heads to it, we could compile an even longer list of concerns with Kyrie Irving. <laughs> he has been a wildly frustrating player to root for over the last however long we've had him year and a half, two years. It's how been long? It's been like two. And, yeah, this is his third well, season. Is the third huh? year, yeah. The third year, uh, absolutely transcendent on court talent. Um, absolutely impossible to root for as a person. Absolutely. And, 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 oh, just really quickly, William, I'm curious what you think about this, but I feel like this further solidifies my belief that Kyrie is one of those people, and we all have them in our lives, who always gets what he wants. Yes. Like against all odds, you could you could be looking at that, this person, visualize this person in your life, and think about a time when it was like, ooh, that's not what they want. Right. And then slowly but surely that no turns to yes. Right. Not only do they get what they want, but they do it by by stubbornly doing what every single other person doesn't want them to do. Yes. Which is even more frustrating. Yes. Like it would be one thing if they got what they want, but it was sort of like to the collective benefit. It seems always to just exclusively be to his own benefit and to the detriment of all those around him. And yet he still, you know, prevails and get gets what it is that he, he would like, which <laughs> brings us to um, the trade, Simon. Yes, so let's do it. there's there's, of course, him coming back would suggest that he won't be traded. But I would like to put out that maybe since it is a preposterously small number of games. This is more to showcase that, hey, this guy's still here. He's one of the best guards in the NBA. Take a look, other teams. We only get him for these two out of 15 games, right? <laughs> but you could have him for all 15 of those games. Right. Uh, and this is just a way for the Nets to not to signal that, Hey, we're, we're bought in. We love him. He's here. He's here. He's our lifer. You know, we're putting his Jersey in the rafters, but this guy is being squandered on our team because he only gets to play these games. Who wants him? What do you got? Yeah. And I think I agree with you, William. And I think that, um, in particular to me, this, opens up a little bit of daylight on the I mean potential it potentially opens up a little bit of daylight on the Ben Simmons trade because if you're talking about those two players like if you can be the team that says well my guy is playing some um so you you may think you're a big shot over there with with your guy who is you know not a total pariah I, I you know to the level of Kyrie Irving but my guy is at least playing some Right. So I have maybe some more leverage um, going in with with that scenario. Is that is that your number one dream trade still? Well, it's not a. I wouldn't describe it as a dream trade because. <laughs> because right. It's um, like it's like um, trading cyanide for arsenic. <laughs> they're, they're both going to kill you. It's just the, the 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 way in which they go about decomposing you from the inside out is slightly right. different. Right. I would prefer my insides liquefied rather than corroded. Right. Right. Um, I don't want no, my heart to explode. I it, want it to rot. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, no, I, I mean, but so, so, yeah, there are lots of other players I'd rather have on this team than Ben Simmons, but um, in terms of semi-realistic, which I have heard, like, people like Bill Simmons, who is plugged in and also, like, friends with Daryl Morey, instantly dismiss that trade, right? He's always like, that'll never happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I think that means something, but, but, um, but in the realm of possibility, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one because he would provide – well, he would create some issues, especially with like spacing and and uh, certainly not going to be the guy you want to take the, the last second shot under pressure, um, is – does provide a lot of things that, that we need. Um, so. Well, this gets us nicely into our segment, Simon Sins, A Lot of Tweets. Uh-oh. Well, some of those tweets are now out of date. Uh, but yeah. Many of these tweets, totally irrelevant. But one thing this show prides itself on is if it's in the agenda and you had a plan <laughs> to talk about something, by God, you'll talk about it. So this is in the fucking agenda. We're going to talk about it. First tweet I want to talk about, Simon, a tweet. I don't remember who it's from. You can You can fill our listeners in because you sent a barrage of them. The Nets want to upgrade. Yes. Uh, and I think that the gist of it is Nets are looking at the, the names that are coming up as people the Nets would possibly be willing to get rid of mm-hmm. in order to get something juicy back are Joe Harris, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, and mm-hmm. very sadly, it hurts me to even say this out loud because I don't want to do anything to speak it into existence, but Nick Claxton. That's right. Um, and Nick Claxton seems to be the number one, like, uh, the uh, Schiffer who, or Fisher, sorry, who, who wrote this, um, what's his first name? The, the Bleacher Report Bleacher guy? Bleacher Report guy. Um, he, he said, after this story ran, he said, uh, Annette Source reached out to push back on the, on the idea that Joe Harris is available. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean much or anything. But Fisher did notice, did uh, note that the guy, that the 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 net source who called to 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 say this said nothing about Nick Claxton. So he's not even trying to rebut the the idea that that Claxton is is on the table. Um, and I think that's largely a function of Nick Claxton being either a free agent or a restricted free agent next year. And even if he's a restricted free agent. Um, you know, with the Nets luxury tax the way it is, they may feel like they're not going to retain him. Yeah, which is just heartbreaking. Yes. Uh, that will likely sign uh, James Harden to like a five-year, <laughs> $700 million albatross of a contract. Yes. And uh, Nick Claxton is going to go become like Giannis 2.0 for some other team. <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> I don't know that I, all right, am... not Giannis, not Giannis 2.0, but probably better than Jared Allen, who's arguably going to be an all-star center this year. Maybe. I don't know. I think Jared Allen has been, I, he's I... incredible. He's, a, yeah. he's absolutely extraordinary. He's by far of all the nets that we've once had. 
he is by far the best one in the entire league right now. He's better than D'Lo, much, much better than Spencer. Uh, I don't know that Levert is uh, medically allowed to play basketball anymore, but if he is, <laughs> he's surely not doing very well. Uh, Jared Allen, though, fantastic, and I just worry that's going to be Claxton. Yeah, it it, it could be. Um, I I am... I am not so worried about that, that he's going to go on and, and be incredible, but I am worried. Yeah. I'm worried that, you know, we're, we're not going to get the best years of, of Nick who we've kind of developed and who has shown, you know, flashes of, of some really interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. And you you've even seen in the last couple of games, how offensively, especially around the rim, he's, he's got a good, he's a good finisher can be anyway. Can be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even without Harden, who he has a real chemistry with, and but those are all those are all lobs. In the game against uh, Philly, he showed some actual post moves. Yeah. Uh, all right, another another tweet you sent, Simon. NBA execs approaching out of shape players. Oh, that was just for lols. That yeah. that really isn't for this podcast. Well, I kind of think it's worth talking about. Okay. Okay. So it's it's more about um, Zion Williamson and how does it right how how do GMs approach and and like a Luca how do they approach superstars who are very clearly out of shape? Yeah. Um, do you think that's an issue on our team with anyone perhaps bearded or otherwise? Yeah. The 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 opening line include of the of this story says the NBA has seen superstars like James Harden blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, though. I, I mean, I, I just, it is definitely an issue, right? Like, and especially as he gets older, it would seem to really behoove him to like, kind of try to maximize what physical gifts he has left. Um, the, the, you know, the, 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 the physical talent that he has, um, but I don't know. I just feel like you get to the age, like. A Luca who's like 23 or something or whatever he is 20 I don't know how old he is very young like that guy he's 22 okay incre- incredible yeah. like 22 year olds I mean you just don't if you're not like smashing your head against a wall you're being relatively responsible by 22 year old standards if you're 32 32 year old James Harden and you're still not in great shape probably that's who you are I, I would say yeah, you know, I, I I think it's probably pretty pretty tough to teach uh, an old dog new tricks. Yeah. Um, what were there any other tweets that I'm I'm forgetting? Um, I mean, there's a t- Kyrie there's optimism, a that, right? Kyrie yeah. stuff. Uh, oh, um, I did like just this is a very quick one. Kevin Durant, so Skip Bayless, who folks will know, has made his career basically in large part by being like the anti-LeBron fanatic. Um, And part of this uh, method, uh, part of his technique has been to um, sort of uh, every time Kevin Durant does well, say like, look at this, Kevin Durant is doing this. Where are you at, King? Um, so he said most recently on December 14th, the best player in the, on the planet was at it again tonight in Brooklyn, um, going assassin in overtime for the COVID rocked nets. Nothing like Kevin Durant. You watch Braun to which 
Kevin Durant, to his immense credit, quote tweeted him and said, I really don't like letter U. <laughs> um, which I just think is just, like the, <laughs> the, the idea that like, you've got this guy who, who, who is, you know, uh, feeding you praise and, and but your dislike of exactly the types of people who who Skip Bayless represents the the hot take pundit who for be purely because basketball players exist and are you know amazing to watch you create this sub cast of despicable pundit shit that are millionaires right uh just so upsets Kevin Durant did um, you did you uh listen to the Skip Bayless like 6 minute reaction to Kevin Durant's no, reaction? I didn't. Neither I didn't. did I. I was wondering what he said in it. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, Kevin Durant, and I, I think he realizes this, Kevin Durant does. I mean, he's just a a pawn in in um, Skip Bayless's game to bash LeBron and get clicks via bashing LeBron. Right. Absolutely. Um, Simon, would you indulge me in a very, very quick stop at uh, one of the premier stations on this route. It's called oh. Stat Station. <laughs> of course, William. You've earned it, buddy. All right. I want to talk very briefly with you about net ratings on this team. Oh, great. Okay. And I want to do a little game where you guess who the top three players who have played at least 18 games this season, uh, who the top, who, which nets have the, three highest net ratings and which nets have the three lowest net ratings. So let's start with the three highest net ratings who, which three nets again, 18 games or more have the highest net ratings. I'm going to say Kevin Durant. He's one of them. Okay. I'm going to say James Johnson. He's one of them. Oh yes. Two for two. And Patty Mills. Woo! Ding, 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 ding. Oh, great. Three for three. James Johnson has the highest one. Wow. At 10.5, followed by Patty Mills at 9.6, and then a pretty distant third is KD at 6.9. Wow. Well, I think we know who the real valuable players are. Absolutely. JJ. Uh, which is why his absence from COVID, I just assume he's absent. I don't actually re- recall if he yeah, he's in he's in the protocols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it hurts so bad. Uh, now, bottom three, Simon. 18 games or more. Okay. Blake Griffin. <clears throat> oh, okay. He was my sure one. Um, so now I'm really in the dark. Um, I'll say Bruce Brown. Yes, correct. Okay, okay. Javon Carter. Correct. Okay. And I hope I'm wrong about this, but Cam Thomas. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, Cam Thomas has the worst at negative 5.2. Bruce Brown, second worst, negative three, and Javon Carter, third worst, at negative one point four. Hmm. Um. I think if I'm wrong, if I, I might, I believe that Cam Thomas's number is trending in the right direction. 
Yes, he was like negative 30-something last time I looked at this. So yeah. It <laughs> can only go up from there. Had a rough rough start in net rating, anyway, yeah. this season. But I think he's I think he's looking good. I agree. Um, okay, well, let's turn to, before we get to the mailbag, let's turn to consumerism- Corner. Ooh, yo, 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 yo. So this is one of our many corners that we visit in this podcast. This one combines both our love of the Nets with our contempt for contemporary capitalism. Any capitalism, but uh, this happens to be uh, a great instance of um, some of the most despicable parts of uh, crypto finance so so i thought who better to discuss it with than you (laughs) uh i don't know if you read this one simon but kevin durant is furthering his relationship with coinbase oh that is great great (laughs) there was a statement that he uh whatever his studio with rich Kleiman, whatever Mm -hmm. their company um Mm -hmm. something ventures i think uh, issued this statement that epitomizes the jingoistic language that I think makes our skin crawl. So I just okay. wanted to read their statement to you because it has so it, it just hits on so many of the most bullshit parts of of uh, rich people, basically. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. So it says the agreement announced on Wednesday includes adding Durant as a collaborator, boardroom as a media partner, and. A philanthropic integration with Kevin Durant Charity Foundation. Yay! That's synergy you can believe in. You got to do well to do good, Simon, or Mm -hmm. whatever the opposite. Yeah, the opposite. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yep. Uh, 35 Ventures will work with Coinbase across several strategic paths from creating NFT drops to storytelling and content around how Crypto empowers everyone, NFT education, and highlighting Coinbase's rapid growth in the industry. Durant and 35V will help unlock creativity, that's awesome, and highlight Coinbase's artist and creator-first approach to the NFT marketplace, Simon. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, is that it? That's it. That concludes okay. the statement. <laughs> Can I, to me, the most upsetting thing about that is that crypto can help everyone or what, 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 there was some kind of everyone statement. Yeah. In uh, there. Simon, are you talking about the storytelling and content around how crypto empowers everyone? Empowers everyone. Yes. Um, Who could argue with that? I think that <laughs> if you are right, if you replace, um, crypto with um the term gambling everyone would instantly recognize that that is not true right um it empowers a very tiny number of casino owners uh to seize an awful lot of money from almost all gamblers except for again a tiny few of the the folks who are like the the dallas mavericks guy or whatever um Right, and if you replace NFT with betting slip, (laughs) 
they all of a sudden be, lose quite a lot of their grandiose luster and charm. Right. Ab- absolutely. Now, I do, and I think we've talked about this, um, at least off mic, um, I I completely understand why somebody like a celebrity, like Kevin Durant, likes the NFTs, because if you're able to lend your name to something and just your name instantly makes an otherwise um, an item that has no intrinsic value become valuable. Yeah, I would like NFTs a lot. Um, I would love to be a person who just by being me could make something very valuable. Um, But I'm not sure that that really goes for, quote, everyone. It seems to me like you haven't really taken advantage of the empowering force that crypto (laughs) has. Yes, I am. I am a crypto skeptic. Well, I'm at least an NFT skeptic, if not a crypto skeptic. Okay. I think you 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 just hate artist and creator first approaches to the <laughs> NFT marketplace. Is what I think. <laughs> I hate art. This is a classic antagonism towards artist and creator first approaches, which classic Simon. <laughs> Uh, that concludes our trip to the consumerism corner for this week. That is a great trip, William. Thank you. I, you know, I scour my RSS feed on Sundays or Saturdays, just praying that some, some intern at Nets Daily got so bored writing about like whether we beat the magic or not. Uh, and, and dug deep into like you know the real estate listings or you know, yeah, anything yeah. to try to to talk about something other than uh, replays of of uh, largely uninteresting games when no none of the Nets players are actually playing. Uh, and and I was rewarded this week with that little announcement, um, which brings us Simon to our mail 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 bag. So this coming from really uh, basically the producer of this show at this point, yes. IRL Jay Z, hitting us with a Nets by E Sports segment here. Thank you for your question, listeners out there. Feel free to hit us up, maybe next time at gmail.com or on Twitter or on Instagram. Let us know if you've got a question. We'd be happy to address it. And it is the maybe next time guarantee that we will address it. Whether or not we're happy about it, we will address it. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're resentful as hell. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Well, I would say, say, yeah. I mean, in general, we're resentful. Usually not about the question. I would say back in the day when we had Jeremy Lin on the team, there were some times when I was resentful of some of the mailbag questions. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but that day has passed, although this seems like the perfect time for Jeremy Lin to maybe find his way back onto an NBA team. Um, absolutely. Absolutely, William. That That is a great call. This Would is you the... rather have Shaq Harrison or Jeremy Lin? Shaq Harrison. Me too. Ten times out of ten. I don't know much about him. I've heard his name, though. Me too. He was uh, sort of a darling of the uh, Dunk Don types. Okay. I think he's a, a like analytics people think he's great, and then he just goes to places and basically never plays. So something might not be as good as he he looks on paper, but okay. I guess we'll okay. have a, a chance to find out. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so this mailbag from IRLJZ, thank you again. He writes, three Nets have been awarded eSports contracts for three different video game franchises. Which three Nets and what video games are they playing? Reading that question out loud now um, makes me realize I didn't read it very carefully <laughs> to begin with because my answers have nothing to do with eSports for sure. Uh, and uh, I didn't do esports either. I uh, yeah, I just did like what video games. Yeah, were too. like what net. Me too. Okay, so we both misread the question. Yeah, but or, in a fun, or, or in a fun we, way. We put our own imprimatur on it. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh my god! And I just realized that one of my three answers, um has a video game but does not have a corresponding net player so i'll just on the fly uh, come up with something for that but anyway simon you want to kick this one off sure um so my my first one william is um the halo franchise okay yeah okay which i think would be perfect for kyrie irving because um as i've talked to you about many times the innovation of the torso movement mm-hmm. um, was where I personally um, realized once and for all I was never going to play a video game again because it was too complicated and hard to deal with moving a torso. But I think that video game people, this was a revelation in the video game world um, to have this new freedom of movement to move in this way that, you know, you'd never sort of contemplated or or had to take into account and i feel like kyrie irving's movements are really like in addition to his 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 um handle it's really more it's not just his dribbling it's like how he moves with the basketball that is so interesting and um compelling so he's halo yeah he also makes me like similar to Halo. Wish that we yeah we did, we had something else like the side scrolling. You know, just you got four buttons and you smash them type of game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And just like I wish we had someone other than Kyrie Irving on the team. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, my first one, the Super Mario Brothers, Simon. Okay. Okay. Um, Super Mario World, my favorite all time game. Uh, and I would say that the Mario Brothers, and I'm talking Mario and Luigi, uh-huh. are analogous to Bruce Brown and DeAndre Bimbry. Okay. Right? Like, one is slightly taller than the other, but they're basically indistinguishable from one another. You're not like, oh, wow, I, I, have, to play, I have to be Mario, because right. his style right. of play is so much different. Right. Um, they are they are the same. There's just like a, a slight difference in size. I would like to see if, and you kind of touched on this last episode, but if there are like camps of diehard uh, one or the other, like Bruce Brown, you know, um, babies and um, and uh, um. Yeah. Right. Just DeAndre who, de- Darlings. Ben, yeah. Bim, Bim, <laughs> DeAndre Darlings. Bruce Brown like, Babies and DeAndre Darlings. Yes. Um, sharks. Um, snakes? Who, are the, who was in West Side Story? Sharks and... Mm. Jets. 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 Thanks, Thanks Hillary. Hillary. Yeah. 
You're <laughs> integral to this podcast. Yes. Good. And you and you make me squint a lot less than that mirror behind Simon. <laughs> Oh boy. If I've seen it before, I've never seen it this bright. It's it's bright, baby. Oh yeah, that thing is popping today. Uh <laughs> my second one, Simon, Ken Griffey Jr. baseball. Okay. So as you know, during the pandemic I got pretty into a, a regular season of Ken Griffey baseball. Yes, of course. Hundreds of games uh in a season i didn't actually finish a full season but i played over 60 games for sure and and i probably did play over 100 games but several times the memory pack failed me and I, uh, entire seasons were erased which were heartbreaking um but anyway king griffey jr baseball i don't know did you play this game much uh no i played its rival like all-star baseball like the ea sports version the EA Sport, yeah with like larry walker on the cover exactly, like exactly. That. yeah well all these games especially king griffey jr there are just certain players who are basically just a cheat code yeah and in king griffey jr obviously king griffey is the cheat code uh-huh. like you swing at a ball and that thing is flying into the stands uh-huh. You know, you're you're guaranteed a dinger with that guy. He's faster <laughs> than everyone. He never has an error. He's just amazing. And for me, that is Kevin Durant. Right. Sure. sure. He is the real life cheat code that King Griffey is only in his game. Absolutely. Although um, he was quite good at, ba- at baseball when he was not injured. Right. Exactly. Yes. He was he was on the way to being one of the absolute greatest players of all time. Yes. And just he was. Yeah, he was the Jordan of baseball. Yeah. He was so famous for a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a basketball. Equivalent. I kind of hey, think like of, uh, like Grant Hill. Yeah. Grant Hill. Exactly. That's exactly right. Cut cut short in in his prime for many, many years. Then came back and was pretty right. serviceable, still like, like pretty a good. good. Bet. Yeah, and I think Gr- Griffey was pretty okay. You know, yeah. like played for yeah. the Reds or whatever. He just right. wasn't. He wasn't going to be the greatest of all time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So my next one, um, William, is uh, Mortal Kombat. Okay. A uh, a video game that I loved and loved even more because my parents wouldn't let me buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was Mortal Kombat and sugary cereals that I lusted after most of all <laughs> as a child. And that what is... What kind of cereal did they let you get? Non... It was like, like there was some nuts? sort of gram limit. It was... Well, you could have like kicks was the wildest I could go. Okay. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much... was like kicks and... Um, Frosted mini weeds? You could do checks. Checks, yeah. Frosted mini weeds, yeah, I think that was fine. I think. Um and but yeah, pretty much that was it. No tricks, no lucky charms, no, no cookie, cookie, crisp, cookie crisps, yeah. No frosted flakes, um Reese's cereal. The all all of that was off limits. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, there's nobody who would be a better Mortal Kombat fighter on this team than James, the Black Belt Johnson. Ah, nice. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna just piggybacking off James Johnson. I'm gonna give him my third one, which I didn't write anything <laughs> down for. Grand okay. Theft Auto. 
Okay. Uh, played that? some Grand Theft Auto in high school. Really loved it. Very, yeah. very violent. Uh, you can play with a purpose or you can just, you know, live out your teenage hate fantasies in it uh-huh. of uh, needlessly murdering people and robbing them and blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, why does James Johnson embody this? I don't know. He's uh, tough. He's tough. <laughs> right. He's not a vigilante, murderous vigilante, but no. he is tough. <laughs> he is tough. And in that sense, he reminds me a lot of Grand Theft Auto, and I think the two of them will have a really fruitful um, collab. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, my last one is Space Invaders. Uh, William and I spent many a night in our college days. College days or high school? Uh, High school. High school. Yeah. Playing... um, the N64 version of Space Invaders, which uh, did not utilize the um, joystick <laughs> uh, function um, and pretty much sucked in every way. But it was very fun, I thought. And it was one of the few games that I could like actually play because it wasn't complicated. Right. It's the anti-Halo. Yes, exactly. It was, it was old school, moving left to right, avoiding right. a streak of laser um you know that was pretty much the only thing you had to think about uh yes it was an atari game with slightly beefed up graphics yes exactly exactly um and for all of the things you could rightly criticize and make fun of um about it um it was very you know i had a, a, a soft spot in my heart for it same thing can be said for me for Blake Griffin. I know he is a shell of a player. <laughs> I know he can't do very much. But when he takes those charges or dives on the floor and and gives it his gritty all, uh, you know, I, I really do I really do like it. He respects the heck out of the guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I feel bad for him. He's he's really terrible to watch. <laughs> And, I, you know, he, he like at this point, it is it enough to be able to take a charge to play in the NBA? No, I mean, he wasn't playing before the COVID uh, ravaging. Yeah, he, he did put up numbers that game, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had to play a lot of minutes. Yeah, right. Right. As we beat the very, very, very sad Philadelphia 76. Yeah, but there's nothing. I will never, ever feel bad for that team. There's no, there's almost no team. There might be no team in the NBA that I feel better about. When I would like that. the Celtics to suffer more than the 76ers, but 76ers are number two for sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, And, you know, I really, I do like to see... It's just funny that like the 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 Sixers had to suffer went like through the process mm-hmm. as like the most revered sort of of the egghead GMs was in the front office like trying to to execute his grand mathematical vision of percentages and you know as the team put up historically bad team after historically bad team yes um and now it's like as that 
has borne fruit. They now have like the revenge of that same guy. Like Daryl Morey is the same exact. He's got 25 guys on a list. And if they can't increase the percentage of a championship title by like 4.2%, he's not even going to consider a trade for him for Ben Simmons. It's like, cool. Well, you've just wasted one of probably very few healthy years of Joel Embiid. And... Uh, not doing it didn't increase your championships odds by any percentage points, let alone four point two or above. You know, and, and may have I don't know this. This is this is not reporting as um, people who are actual sports reporters have to say um, in their podcast. Uh, but I suspect may upset uh, Embiid. Yes, I could see um, a very realistic scenario where if they don't do anything by the end of the season, he demands a trade. And he would have every right in the world. Now, would you get a trade? Not if they keep Daryl Morey there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, sure, I'll trade him for Jokic, but no one else. Hey, you, you just bought yourself another wasted year, Embiid. <laughs> Is that what you wanted? Huh? Yeah, I'm the Elvis of GMs, okay? <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, he's like the, I think they called him the Elvis of nerds at his conference. Oh, sure. Now that I believe. Yeah. Because he's got some swagger. He does have some swagger. For sure. For sure. Um, and he's swaggering it straight to maybe not even making the play-in game this year. Right. They're, they're clinging to the eighth seed with a 500 record with one of the very best players in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, not good. Uh, they looked pretty bad against a totally depleted Nets team. Yeah, and very. I just, I just, I don't know what you think about this, William, but I, I just feel like it's not just Ben Simmons with that team. They all, they very often have just this vibe about them. Like it's just a bad vibe team. There's a lot of slump shoulders. A lot of like, just you know kind of panic in pressure situations. I, 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 it's just, yeah, I think, yeah. And, and I think it probably preceded doc rivers, but it's certainly exacerbated by him. He is the only coach ever to lose, you know, those dramatic sort of come from behind series. I think like three, one lead series. Yeah. Uh, he's just, yeah, there, you know, he talks a good game, but those teams do not have a lot of fight. No, that's a great that's a great point. He is the perfect coach for for a a panicky um, kind of surly team. Yeah, uh, big time. Uh, all right, well, Simon, why don't you tell people where to find us? Oh, we should mention we're um, we we're no longer reading ads in the middle of this podcast, but. We are, there probably will be ads interspersed throughout. Yes. And someday we may be doing reading ads as well. Right. But we are now a part of a different podcast network. That's right. You can find us up on the nothing but nets website. Uh It's part of the fan sided uh, media something or other. Um, yes, Minute Media, right? Is it Minute yeah, Media? but Fansided is like the blanket sports website that okay. this stuff yes. falls under. Yes. Um, so check us out. It's cool, you know, uh, good good Nets content. Read every article. Put it in your RSS feed. 
click on our click on our podcast subscribe like rate review yeah like it love it at maybe next time on twitter and instagram and maybe next time at gmail.com thank you irljz for for your question um and uh you know maybe our new fan-sided uh listeners would would love to um send us a, an email we'd love to receive one yeah we would love to hear from you genuinely would love okay simon i think with that do you, oh wait i have to know do you think we're going to beat the magic tonight with uh <laughs> with shaq harrison and... i i genuinely have no idea i i think we that vegas it has the uh the magic is the favorites tonight ouch i mean they have some they have a good number of people out too and they played oh, last yeah. night i got my boy wendell carter who likely badly hurt his knee so he'll be out tonight e. yeah uh, but they're going to, I hope, they better play Franz Wagner, who is essentially the only healthy player on my fantasy basketball team. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Nets. I know this is a Nets podcast, but I hope Franz Wagner goes off tonight. Right. Um, and on that <laughs> And on that note, I love you, Nets Nation, and we'll go ahead and uh, see you uh, next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read